What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. You may know me from my Instagram book obsessed reviews. And today I'm here with my co-host. What's up, everybody? It's Monty J, MJ, not short for Michael Jackson, Michael B. Jordan, Michael Jordan. Nobody cool like that. Just an author in a lonely world. I'm gonna start singing Journey. Um, so super stoked. Um, my book Shattered Ice is out into the world. We'll talk a little bit about the book world before we get into our very special guest who we're super excited to have. Um, my book Shattered Ice is in the world, doing well, making moves. I'm so excited, so happy, super happy. Yeah, I'm a top 100 in urban fiction and I literally cried. I'm like, so I've never been more thankful in my entire life for anything. So like shout out to everybody who read it. If you haven't read it, what are you even doing with your life right now? Go read it. Um, but yeah, um, other book news, Stevie, that you want to intel people about? I don't know. There's not much releasing this week. Um, Jillian Dodd is releasing that summer, guys. If you have read her That Boy series, that summer mm-hmm. is releasing tomorrow, which will be last week when you hear this. Um, so not much. <laughs> it's not much of a... Um, big week but I do want to say I saw the coolest cover today and I'm obsessed with this cover and it is a cover by S. Jones and it's for a book for called whatever you need and it is the tell me this isn't the cutest cover oh I love that isn't it adorable I girl I told I was like that's probably my new favorite cover. I just like it. It's just so sweet. Like, it's just innocent. Did you see the cover? Did you see the cover for Here Lies the Saint by C.L. Matthews, which is the second book in her yeah, uh, did. reverse harm? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, upload to Instagram. I'm so excited for that book. I can't wait. Um, also, cool new book news that has to do with the podcast. Our lovely guest that we're going to be speaking with, Miss Alexis Winters, is uh, in honor of our podcast she's having a flash sale on her books billionaire with benefits and my boss's sister both of them are 99 cents it's super it's such a steal for such a great author super amazing so make sure you guys go out there and read those 99 cents that's insane i would that's it's like a steal especially for the kind of work that she does Mm -hmm. and then on top of it when you're hearing this it is her release day whoop whoop we are finally getting book what is it four four of the love me forever series if you're a fan of those books we just read luna and daniel's book now we get poppy and matthew and matthew and i have yet to read it yet because i am not a beta reader or an arc reader so sad over here However, I have not read it either, and I cannot wait. I am ready for the download. I'm hoping it's going to be great. I know it's going to be great. She's a fantastic author. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump on there and start chatting with her. Alexis Winters is a contemporary romance author who loves to share her steamy stories with the world. She specializes in sexy billionaires, cocky alphas, brooding bad boys, and the women they love. If you love to curl up with a good romance book, you will certainly enjoy her work, whether it's a story about an innocent young woman learning about the world or a sassy, fierce heroine. Who knows what she wants? You're sure to enjoy the happily ever after she provides. When Alexis isn't riding away furiously, she can be found exploring the Rocky Mountains, traveling, enjoying a glass of wine, or petting a cat. We are super excited to have you thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me i am so excited seriously so excited stevie has been stevie has introduced me to so many new authors you being one of them and she has just been like nonstop. she's been so excited about this episode i'm, I'm always excited about these episodes you know because- how many times i've read this year make her yes oh, really? <laughs> excited <laughs> She's been super excited about this. So before we get into the Love You Forever series, Stevie has a few questions about the Make Her Mind series that she wants to ask you. So I'm going to let her take that portion of it. Stevie. Sure. So mainly I want to know what inspired that series because obviously we've talked about this before. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, when I started writing that series, um, I was watching a lot of the TV show Suits. I don't know if you guys have watched that. Oh my God. God. Yeah. Okay. So Harvey Specter, he's such just kind of like, like you, you love to hate him, but you're, you're so in love with him, but he's such so cocky. Right. And 
arrogant and you're just like, oh, I shouldn't be attracted to you. You're kind of a misogynist at times. And I want to punch you in the face, but then maybe make out with you. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. So I, you know, I, I started out writing in like the billionaire kind of office genre and I knew I wanted to add more to it with another series. Like I wanted to do one that wasn't just like, oh, we can't be together because uh, you're the boss. I wanted some other like angst in there, some other drama. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to bring a little bit more to it than just like a traditional, that being the dilemma. I wanted some kind of like maybe an ex-boyfriend or some possible, you know, attempted kidnapping and stuff like that. And I <laughs> wanted strong women too. Cause like, I love when the women will give just as much as they take, you know? Yes, so Miss Nam. Yeah. So I wanted like some, some, some sassy women that were like, listen up. All right. You think you wear the pants. That's not how this goes. Yes. <laughs> so I, I really, you know, I wanted that. And I, it, and in suits, I felt like I remember watching and I was like so obsessed with it. Um, and I was like, I really want to bring that kind of like, there's always some sort of drama. Like someone's always mm-hmm. going to lose their license on that show. Right. I know. Um, or be disbarred <laughs> um, or go to prison. But then there's also the underlying, like, you know, tension between the characters. And, and so mm-hmm. I honestly, that's, that's where a lot of it came from was, was from that. And I just, I just remember loving that series so much. And I was like, I'm going to try and bring that into, to an actual series that I write. So now that you say that, that, I can kind of put it all together in my head, like picturing that as a TV show. Yeah. I love that. That's a really good movie. (laughs) I think that's one of the best things about, I think you talked about having strong women characters, like female characters. And I think I, I love reading books like that. Like, don't get me wrong. I love a good cocky, badass alpha who just like takes charge and it's telling you how it is. But at the same time, I also love when the females are like, I'm sorry, who the hell do you think you're talking to? Because right. it ain't me. I know right. you're no. And I I love that. And I think that's it's, those are like some of the my my favorite books to read. I love that. Yeah. You so. would love Valerie and Callan's story then because Val there's a scene where Valerie where Valerie just like she gives it to him and I, I love her. She's my favorite. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I like her. I that they're definitely my favorite. I love and that tends to happen with me where every time I write a series I I fall in love with two main characters and I think they're my favorite I thought Bennett was going to be my favorite and then as I started writing uh you know my boss's sister I just fell in love with how how strong she was really and just kind of Mm -hmm. like wasn't gonna let him like when he tries to fire her and she's like hold the freaking phone you're gonna (laughs) explain this situation you know and so that's what that's what I love about the about those characters so I'm so glad you like them I mean all girls that were like very take charge they will call you out on your shit like right right (laughs) love it um the (laughs) books that the books that Stevie that I read from you is the love you forever series yes and ma'am we have to talk Okay. Because this series wrecked me. All right. I love this series. I love this. I love all of these books. So book one, we're going to talk about each book because you have the newest edition of this coming out and which I'm super excited for. Um, So we're going to talk about book one and talk a little bit about each of them. Keep a little bit of a spoiler free. We don't have to spoil anything. But book one is The Wrong Brother. And this is Piper, Calvin, and Preston's story. Now, this book. (laughs) I love this book. Who goes on a television show (laughs) and is like, and is like, hello, this is my best friend. And I'm going to explain this whole (laughs) secret out in public. I was like, this is like Jerry Springer on steroids. (laughs) I was screaming and like, I love a good book where I can read it. And I'm like, literally, I'm like, I'm like secondhand embarrassment for Piper. I'm like closing my eyes. Oh my God, this is not happening to her. And so what was the inspiration behind these characters? Because, and like, what was the inspiration behind like sending her on a television show? Right. So um, this whole series literally came out of the one idea um, mm-hmm. of putting someone on a television show. So it was like mid quarantine, you know, and at this point, uh, you watch every possible movie, TV show out there or whatever. And my sister had stumbled. She was telling me about this show that was like, um, it was just a dating show. I think it may have been on Bravo. Um, and basically the P- it was just a dating show where you'd go on there. And then we got sucked into all these epi- like shows on E! called like Blind Date. And they're just like these 30 minute hilarious episodes of them mm-hmm. setting people up. And I thought like, how funny would it be if 
it was like a t- there was a TV show where you basically could do that, but they would set you up with someone that you really liked. And so oh I was like my telling God. my sister one night, I just remember telling her, I was like, oh my goodness, because I, the reason why I wanted to do like a rom-com series was because I, well, first of all, I'd never done one and I love to read them. And I, while I love like strong, independent, fierce women, I also love kind of a hot mess express. Cause I'm that person. Like I yes. have my shit together, but at the same time I get myself into situations where my sister's like, how have you made it this far in life? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So, I feel that, you know, so I wanted to show that like this girl, you know, she, she decides obviously this is a genius idea right to to like show this man like i truly love you by going on national television to tell him because you know there used to be like an old show where people did that um back in the 80s or something and you would go i mean obviously we still have it with jerry springer and yeah and stuff like that but it was a little less dramatic back then and so i was like you know what this is gonna i'm just gonna come up with this idea and then from there i was like okay i can feed off of that into like these other stories and especially like you have to give your characters happily ever afters so I was like I really want, wanted to carry that on but I wanted to show that like you can ha- have this funny romantic comedy situation that sounds so unrealistic but at the same time it's like you could see someone doing something that crazy like oh and that, I think that was what was so like shocking to me is because I wanted to take Piper and like I was like please don't do this please right? please like the whole time I'm like oh my god oh my god this is gonna end so terribly but then after it happened it like it worked so perfectly with their story with like Piper and Calvin and like you know as a unit and I think it was just a really good expression of it was like to it like an extra degree of showing that like love is like right under your nose like the whole time it just takes you going on to a television show right embarrassing yourself to realize that and I I loved their book and so then obviously after I totally binge read that book I was like yep next one here we go and so (laughs) I had no like after I read the first book I didn't even read the pro I didn't even read like the blurb I was just straight to the second book (laughs) and then I found out that it was Preston's and I was like oh yeah this is exciting I'm so excited because I know what it's like to have a male partner in crime like a best friend and so when Piper and Preston like went through all that I was like I feel that in my heart like I know how that feels right. it sucks so bad it would suck to lose you know like your guy best friend like that and so I was super happy to know that he was gonna have a happy ever after and so when you were like you said when you were writing the first book did you already know that like this is who Preston was going to end up with like this is what you wanted for him or did it kind of like come as you were writing it um it actually kind of came as I was writing it because I was like I knew that I wanted um those two to meet because you know obviously I love the dynamic of like off limits, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I thought it kind of developed into that with, with Calvin basically telling Preston, like, listen, I know you buddy, keep your hands off because you're going to screw this up, you know? And so it was kind of like that concept because we got to see Preston still be, you know, immature and just, you know, a young guy that wasn't ready to settle down. And sometimes it's like, it takes the right one for you to be like, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Maybe I do want this, you know? So I knew I kind of wanted that for him. I just wasn't sure how I was gonna um you know add that in and I wanted all of the characters obviously to kind of cross over in each other's books and be this like um like friend group but as this as the as the series progressed um you know it's not like in every single book they're all necessarily super crossing over um you know they'll they'll pop in here and there but it's it it just kind of um it kind of developed in like every I didn't sit down with like book one because sometimes I'll have a whole series mapped out in my head already like um I know what each book is going to be but that series this series the love you forever series I actually just started with number one I was like I know what I want here and then as I wrote I started developing the other stories you know halfway through the other books and I'm like okay this is how I can introduce the next set of characters so it was a little bit more fluid this time around but it's but it's been great I love the fact that Calvin was more of like, he's the, you know, like the older brother, like he's like very, he's like protective. I feel like he had his shit together and it was just like, he was there for Piper. And then you have Preston who is just this hot 
mess of yeah. a man. And then you meet Riley and I could not have pictured a better person for him. Like they had great banter and like an organic chemistry that I loved reading about. I love this book. I'm super happy that they had their happily ever after. And then you kind of like segue super perfectly into book three, which is rocking his fake world with Luna and Daniel. I love those two. They're so um. precious. Um, I love that Luna was kind of like this rock and roll free spirit, like being a lifelong musician. That's like who she is. And then Daniel's a lawyer. And I was like, this is fantastic. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) And he has like these deep roots in like family and like friends and just, and like, she's the complete opposite. You know, she's on the road and she's doing all these things with her music. And so they were more of like an opposite to track kind of thing to me. Mm And, like, who inspired those two characters? Because I felt like they were so, like, different from each other, but similar in ways that made them a great couple. So, okay, this is, um, you know, I'm not even going to say I'm embarrassed at all because I'm not. When I was growing up, I loved that movie Josie and the Pussycats. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it was on TV randomly, and I had not seen that movie for a decade or more. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Josie and the Pussycats, I'm watching it. And that's what inspired Luna for me was I wanted a girl who like had this grand dream and knew exactly what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, you know, she really never gave love too much of a thought until it was like kismet that they met the way they did. But it was like, you know, obviously for her, not the best time because she, her career was taking off. And so she felt like she was going to have to choose one or the other. And so I kind of wanted to show that like, you know, sometimes that, that situation might happen, but it's going to, it's going to take a lot of work and, but it, it's more of a communication thing with your partner and figuring out what's going to work for you guys. And I, and I wanted her to be with some guy who was just the exact opposite of her because, you know, you succeeded. <laughs> Good. Cause I, I love that dynamic too. I, I love it when, especially it's, you know, a, a, a woman that just is kind of like, Hey, like you said, total free spirit mm-hmm. knows what she wants to do. And he isn't intimidated by that. Like he wants her to go do that, you know, and he doesn't yeah. want to hold her back. So their story I felt like was a was was very emotional. There was a lot in there that I was like, it wasn't as like funny as I thought it was gonna end up being. <laughs> it had some like really emotional stuff in there. And I just I did. I really, really love their story. It was kind of like it's kind of like this middle point in the series. And then we go, as we go into the other ones, they're going to get a little more lighthearted again and funny and just moments of like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I kind of liked, I liked that they were a little bit more serious. And I think that that like kind of portrayed to Daniel's character a little bit more and like who he was as like a person. And I loved that. And I loved like the dynamic of how they worked together and how they ended up together. And it was, they were perfect. I love them. Oh, and good. so book four, which is releasing very yes. soon. You're super excited about Uh, how to break up with your boss. Tell us a little bit about it without like spoiling anything. Sure. So, or you can spoil it. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) No spoilers. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so this one is, is similar in the sense of like, it's got a bit of everything. We've got the enemy kind of like the enemies to lovers in there as well as the opposites attract office romance. So I kind of wanted to go a little bit back more to the boss vibe. I haven't done that since the make Hermione series. So I was like, I I really want to bring that back in. And like, this one, you know, Poppy, she's not like an extreme hot mess. Like she knows what she's doing and she has her life together. She just struggles a little bit on like getting to work on time. And she, me, (laughs) you know, like it's the little things, like everything else is going. And then it's like, oh my goodness, I completely forgot. I snoozed 19 times. So my bra is on the outside of my shirt this morning. Right. (laughs) You know, like she's so, she's three steps ahead that she completely overlooks like the minor things. And so her boss is, uh, Matthew Lewis III Esquire. And he's as pompous as his name sounds. But he's, again, like, he's one of those, like, hockey guys that you want to hate. But, like, this one to me has a bit of, like, Pride and Prejudice vibes because he is well-to-do and super rich. And she immediately judges him as being, like, this arrogant asshole who's just, he has so much money. Why does he even need a job? So she kind of already has this, like, prejudice towards him, you know? And he looks at her as just, like, you know, she is, I shouldn't want her because she's not what my family yes. would want type of thing, you know, and um, my heart, it's, my poor heart. 
not ready for <laughs> yeah. us. They like the banter between them is my favorite. Like she, she gives it back to him. Like the first two chapters, I just feel like the book opens with a bang. Um, and it's, it's just so much fun between the two of them. I love that enemies to lovers, like quarreling and the snarkiness between characters. So I really wanted to, to show that. And, um, she really gets to see a side of him that she's never seen before, you know? And so Mm -hmm. he's like, you want to, I hate him in the beginning because you're like, oh my goodness, he's a micromanager. He's so full of himself. He's so annoying, but you know, you can't help. But oh, I'm so excited for him. <laughs> I love the teetering of the line of like, love you, hate you, because you can build so much just like chemistry on that line. Right. And yeah. right. You can find so much. I feel like in, in those kind of books, you can find out so much about the characters, find out so much about each other instead of like having to go on like dates and stuff like that and like ask you you find out a lot through somebody that you hate like right right so people and that's and that's the thing is like it you know she she automatically just thinks she knows him because she works for him and she's like he's rich and whatever so this is I I don't understand him so she just kind of writes him off but the my favorite part about it is the fact that like they they both like you said they get to know each other under circumstances that it's not a real relationship because yeah. he does end up, you know, and it's and not giving anything away. It's very much in the blurb that she like fire. She, he gets, she gets fired. It's like, while she's quitting, she <laughs> sees he's going to fire her and she just lets into him. She's like, you know what? Gloves are coming off. I'm going to tell you what I really feel about you. And then attacks his beautiful sports car with his. Gloves. <gasps> oh, yes. And so, Oh, you know, she gets caught up in the moment. And again, that's just, that's a poppy thing where she's like, she, she gets caught up in the moment doesn't think it through and then is like she's done done she's holding it and she's like oh yeah oh (laughs) we've just just probably a mistake (laughs) yeah and it just doesn't stop from there and basically their their relationship is kind of just snowballs and, and starts building up steam and and so I it's it was so it's so much fun like I love the whole premise of it and you know it's not like it's um something extremely brand new to have like you know, the kind of asshole boss or whatever, but it was, it's, I feel like it's a great story. So I hope everyone loves it. (laughs) I'm so stoked to read it. It sounds like right in my, I cannot wait. Super excited. Um, so coming off of the books that you wrote, uh, we're going to ask a few questions about like your writing process and like all that good jazz. Um, where does your love of storytelling come from? Did you kind of grow up reading, grow up wanting to be a writer? Like where did that come from? Um, I grew up in a home without a television. So I feel like that probably lended to my creativity. Um, (laughs) my sister and I started writing and this is gonna, this is, um, a little bit silly, but I feel like it's, it's like my origin story. We used to love, um, like X-Men. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a cool villain. I wish I was, uh, no. So I, me and her started writing our own versions of books that we liked. Like we, we loved like goosebumps and Arl Stein. So we wrote our own. I actually still have them. They're on wide ruled paper, handwritten, handwritten illustrations. My sister and I will pull it out and read it sometimes. And it's, it's terrible, but it's wonderful to read. And so, um, you know, from there, I actually started writing um, and doing some competitions in my state and the national competitions for writing, um, mostly like poetry and like original persuasive speeches, because I started doing um, like debate and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I had a and I won some state and national awards and I loved to write. It was just a great way to express myself. And I had an English teacher my sophomore year that was like, I really think you should pursue creative writing in school. And I remember telling her, no, cause it's my hobby. And I don't want my job to become my hobby. Cause then I'll, or my hobby to become my job because then I'll hate it. Yeah. Which I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where I got that from, but that's not at all what happened. I write full time. That's my job. And you I just definitely it. hold an adult. You heard an adult talking about it. And I did. I was like, oh. someone <laughs> told me that and I believed it. And so I didn't pursue writing in school. Um, but you know, it, I managed to find my way back to it in like 2017. And I just, um, was like this, why am I not doing this? You know? So I've always loved to tell stories. I, I just come up with them in my head. If I'm honest, I'll have one thought the other day I had, um, I, um, I felt like, I don't know if you guys ever watched the office, the TV oh, show, yes. but the main character, Michael Scott, he like yes. had a, he wrote a tagline for a movie before he even wrote anything about the movie. It's and a me. Girl, 
his girlfriend's like, what? How is that? And, and I did that the other day. I wrote the opening line of a blurb and I was like, that's going to be a book. And I'll just kind of work backwards. <laughs> um, I mean, whatever works. I feel like, right. also, so for me, like you had a teacher that was like, uh, you should pursue creative writing. Right. And in my case, it was kind of like the opposite. I will never forget this for the rest of my life. And if one day I become a millionaire, I'm like shouting this woman out in a book. I swear to God, I am. I had a teacher and I'm not going to name her, but I had a teacher that was like, she was an English teacher. She was a very anal person and just not a nice lady. And I remember she never liked me. And then I wrote a short story. It was a, uh, we had to write a fictional story. We read a fictional story. It's like the lady or the tiger. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but we read it and you had to finish it because it ended with a cliffhanger and you had to finish it from somebody's point of view and I wrote it and she made me write read it in front of the class because she wanted to embarrass me so I got up and I read it and she was like wow that was really good and she was like really serious and I was like yeah yes miss ma'am it was was good and I think at that moment I was like I think I want to do that with every single person for the rest of my life I want people to read my stuff and be like shocked that it's good and so I was like yes I'm gonna be a writer now and so, that's yeah, great. I think that's the complete opposite. I think that's super funny how right. like, people are inspired with different directions and like, yeah, it's insane to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. But, There's everyone has a different catalyst, you know, that drives them. Yeah. So Stevie, you have a few questions, cool questions that you wanted to ask. Go ahead. Uh, what advice do you have for new writers? For new writers? Um, you know, I, I feel like I kind of, um, took a little bit of a long way around. I wish I would have paid attention more to some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of the things that I didn't do that, and I actually unpublished some of my original works after like a two years after I published them. Um, and that is like writing to market. Like, you know, I'm not saying that you have to go out there and you, you, you have to write what you hate because it's going to sell up. No. Yeah. But if you know, you want to write in a certain genre, really look at like what's doing well and see, you know, especially if this is something you want to pursue as a full-time career, because you, you want to be, you want to be like interesting and different in your niche, but you don't want to be so far out there that it's a niche that doesn't even exist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, try to bring in those elements that are different, you know, and that's why the whole thing with like the wrong brother, I was like, I haven't read a book where a girl goes on a TV show, (laughs) right? Confesses her love to her best friend and gets rejected. Um, so I was like, I, why not? That seemed fun. Like that's a good friends to lovers, um, type situation that, you know, friends to lovers is nothing new. Romantic comedy is nothing new, but try to find some way to bring a really unique quality to it. Um, and another thing is, is like, see also like be, um, see what's like selling well in regards to like first or third person or dual point of view or whatever. You don't have to be on trend, but I remember when I first started writing romance, I wrote, um, in from a third person point of view. And I realized that that's not what most of the current writers were doing. So I just switched that. And the third thing would be please like hire a good editor, you know, like it's definitely an expense up but they'll work so well, like hand in hand with you, whether Mm -hmm. that's helping to develop your plot or, you know, catching plot holes, or obviously, you know, all of your typical syntaxes and grammar and all that kind of stuff. But my editor is like my right hand. And I hope that she never leaves me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be in a mess. Yes. Um, I agree. I think getting a good editor is like a key to a, a, a successful, like, it's like, it's like the wrapping and like the bow mm-hmm. and like, it makes it so pretty. It makes it a book. Right. And I think that that's what a good editor does. I think that when you work with like an author and editor dynamic, it's like, we come up with the idea and they make it look pretty and right. go and it's out in the world and we worked as a team. And I think that that's like a huge thing that people, and even though it may be a little bit expensive getting a good editor, it definitely is well worth it for, you know, it'll pay it forward. It's like paying it forward. Right. And you, you want to make sure that you're delivering, a, if you're asking someone to purchase something from you, you want to make sure you're, de- you're delivering quality. You know, you don't want exactly. that. Cause the worst thing in the world is if you get a one and two star review and it's like a great story, but the editing was terrible or there was no editing. Cause you're like, Oh, I could have avoided that. You know? Yeah. It's like, that could have been a five-star review. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, if you were not a writer, what would you be doing right now? Um, you know, I went to school to go to law school. So, uh, oh, snap. 
I would be a lawyer. That would be, I would be tied to a desk probably 90 hours. I could see it. I could see it. This shirt you've got on is serving me lawyer vibes. Oh, thank you. So yeah, that's probably why I like suits so much too. Um, unrealistic as possible for lawyer <laughs> lawyering, but what, you know, it's TV. But yeah, I, so I went to school for, um, uh, I have a, a double major in political science and history and the plan was then law school. Um, and I was studying for the LSATs and getting ready for law school. And I kind of had a bit of a uh, life crisis thing happen. And it, it put that whole plan on hold for me for about two to three years. And mm -hmm. at the time I thought my entire life was crumbling. I was like, I worked my whole life to, to go to law school. That's all I ever wanted to do was be a lawyer and, you know, work with nonprofits and hopefully be a judge someday. That was like the dream. And then, um, it worked out perfectly because I look back, I think about it now and I'm so grateful. I'm like, listen, if I'm going to spend money and invest in myself, I'm going to do it like something that I'm so passionate about and it's going to be writing. So, you know, it, that plan didn't work out at the time, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm so happy, you know, that I, that I ended up not becoming a lawyer. <laughs> I think that's just so cool. Like finding out different things about what people could and could not have been and like seeing, like looking at them and like knowing that I've read books by you and being like, yeah, I could see it. She could be a lawyer. Definitely. <laughs> like, and like figuring like, it's just, it's crazy to me that we, as a society, like put these labels on people, like, okay, like you're an author and you're this and you're that. And then like certain people come up and they're like, even though you look at you, you look like a lawyer. Um, you could look, you look like you could definitely rule a courtroom or like, but like somebody that doesn't and it's like, oh yeah, you know, I went to law school or I was, you know, like going to be a psychologist or something. Mm -hmm. I just think it's super cool finding out those and those little facts about people. So, yeah. I know. And it's, it's weird how we end up defining ourselves by those things, you know, I'll admit like when I first decided, like when people were like, what do you do? And I would tell them I'm a, I'm an author, I'm a writer. I felt okay. a little, I was like, oh, well, you know, like I didn't want to tell people because I felt like it was somehow taking away from who I was. Cause I always thought I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to, mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to do. And then I realized like, I could, I really couldn't care less. Like I don't care because I'm so passionate about what I do now and I love it so much and I feel so wonderfully blessed to get to be a full-time writer you know that's that was my dream I think that is yeah like what you just said that whole statement is my life um so like uh I, in the same boat different like areas I guess is like my dad and like my whole family and just in general they're very successful people they you know made a good life for themselves and it's kind of like I was expected to do the same thing. And it was like, because I decided I wanted to be an author in a way in my brain, I felt like that's not me being successful mm -hmm. and it made me feel bad. And I would tell people like, people were like, Oh, you know, like, what do you do? It's like, eh, I'm just here, <laughs> you know? And I don't want to tell people that I was an author because I felt like it was, it wasn't like it was selling my family short of like what they expected of me. And then, and it's because of the fact that I feel like, where I'm new to all of this and I don't have like a wall street journal title or like a New York times bestselling title. That's not something that people like can connect with. I have to like defend my craft right. and like what I do, but now I'm just like, yeah, I write books and people like them. And so mm -hmm. that's what I do. And that's success to me. And I don't think anybody can ever define success for a certain person. Right. You're happy. And what you do makes you happy and it makes other people happy. And that's what you want in your life. You're successful and nobody can tell you any differently. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And if people actually, when I tell people now, like, oh, I'm an author, I get such a people. Oh my goodness. Have you written anything I've read? Like, what? Have, what? Like, I've never met an author, and so it's like I almost feel like cooler because I'm like, if I was like, I'm a lawyer, they'd be like, cool. <laughs> but like, if if you're a write an author, you know, then they want to ask all the questions like, oh, where do you come up with your stories and all this kind of stuff? And so then they always ask me like, well, what do you write? And I'm like, um, you ever read Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> like that? Yes. Yeah. That's and it's exactly. always like men that ask me, and then I'm like awkward <laughs> so <Sorry. laughs> yeah I love that but, but that piques that people's interest they're like really interesting and I'm just like yeah indeed <laughs> check out my books <laughs> <laughs> there's a link in my bio <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> what is your I, I think this is super fun to ask a lot of authors because everybody is so different 
what is your writing process like? Are you more of like a do a timeline and stick to that timeline? Or are you like a fly off the seat of your pant kind of gal? So I used to be super just, you know, like, well, the first book I ever wrote was just literally, there was no outline. I wrote the plot out. It was like 1200 word plot. I didn't give myself a timetable. I just sat down and wrote it. I didn't know how long it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I knew no- I was Jon Snow. I knew nothing. I was just like, whatever. <laughs> We're just I knew winter away. was coming. And that's <laughs> yes. it. <laughs> so I, you know, and then as the process started going along and I started understanding like, okay, I know. Then I started becoming a little more like, uh, anal about it and type a like, okay, chapter outlines and all of that, because I started to realize that I would get 30,000 words into a book. And I was like, wait, I'm not even to the crux of the story yet. Where's this going? What's happening? You know? And then I was like, oh my goodness. So now, you know, now I've gotten to a point now where I do, I'll, I'll, I'll write out a whole plot where it's usually about 2000 words. Sometimes it could be 3,500 on depending on how detailed I want to get. And then I do break it out by chapters. I'll know how many words I want to write per book. And I break it out by chapter just because it makes it easier for me on like to stick to a timetable to make sure the story's flowing and I'm not boring the readers. And also it makes it easy for my editor. I send her that outline. Um, I do it for my series. I do it for each individual book just so she has something to compare it to. So that way I'm not like he had blue eyes and then he had green eyes and then, you know, he had brown hair and then it was blonde. Like I'll, you know how it is. You get into a story and next thing you know, you're like, I don't know where I'm at. They're in Mars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, it's a great like cross reference for me, for her. So we're all on the same page. And um, I I do have a timetable for myself. I tend to give myself about 13 days to write 65,000 words. I break it up into 5,000 words a day, but. Oh my God, I could never. Girl. Oh, you're talented. I don't stick stick to that. There are days when I'll do 10 or 15,000 and then you know, I'll be like, okay, especially if I know I'm going to be really busy the next day or something, Mm -hmm. but I always try to make sure I hit that 5,000 word minimum because that's two chapters for me. I try to do 2,500 words per chapter. So I'll do five, two chapters, but again, like some, like there with, um, I just did a book the other day and I I think I wrote it in like nine days because I was so engrossed in the book. I was just Mm -hmm. like, ah, I have to get this out, you know? Um, but I write about six months in advance. So I'm, I'm writing stuff that's not going to come out until, you know, six months from now. Yeah. Um, so it's, which gives me time obviously in my editor and everything, but yeah, I, I'm, it's always, my, my writing process is always evolving one day I'll, I'll master it, but for now <laughs> we're still, yeah, I'm still I, meeting my deadlines. <laughs> I try to set a word count for myself within like a time span or frame. If I'm on a deadline or something like that, I work really well under pressure. So I find that that's just because I played sports in high school and I was a very competitive athlete. And so pressure helps me work better and Mm -hmm. so I I like to sprint right so like I'll set a timer or I'll go on an app or something that will have like a four minute cool down period and then for 25 minutes I'm solid I am like writing and it doesn't matter if it's literally trash I have to (laughs) write it get it on the paper and get it on the paper and then I'll go back and revise and fix and stuff like that and I find that that really helps me kind of uh, Cause I, I, I get, I, I block myself. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this is so crap. Like I hate all of this. I hate it all. And <laughs> if I'm not worried about that and I'm worried about, you know, like for 25 minutes, I have to really write these. Some of my best work comes out doing that. Cause I'm right. not in my own head. So yeah. girl, I could, you, that's talent. <laughs> well, I, and, and you know, I, I will go back. I'll like, what I'll do is I'll write. There are times when I'll go back and reread the whole book or I'll just reread what I wrote the day before. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes what I do when I do finish a book, I'll walk away from, it's done, I, the end, walk away for two weeks and then go back and reread it for the second round. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of, it's like, I'm f- so far removed from it at that point, it's okay. I'll start to see if there's like major issues or whatever, or errors or things that I'm just like, no, I don't like that. I want to cut that. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's, it's, uh, a bit of a process. And sometimes I have, I'll hit a wall where I'll just be sitting staring at the computer and I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. So I'll go for a walk. I'll go work out. I'll, I'll forget it for the day. I'm like, I'll come back to it tomorrow, you know? And I don't necessarily have, I tend to always start in the morning, but sometimes at 11 o'clock at night, inspiration hits me. So I go to the computer, Yes. You know? but for the most part, I typically stick to a typical, um, schedule, like at like seven in the morning. 
you know. So you said that you, you do like six months in advance with your book. So do you work on like multiple work in progresses at one time? Or I, you... Yeah. So not always, but I currently am right now. So right now I'm, I, um, I'm doing two new series next year in 2021. And, um, I, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> so I wrote the, I wrote the book one of a new series like months ago and just kind of walked away from it. Even though I know, I know what the whole series is going to be. I walked away from that. And, uh, st- I'm now started writing. I just finished book one in the other series and I'm starting book two. I just started mm-hmm. book two in that series. And I'll probably go back to the other series once I finish book two, just because it's like, I want to stay on top of both because I think what I'm going to do with, with these two series is I'm going to publish them like one, one month and the other one on the off month. So they're not like, yeah, you know, so that way there's kind of some variety for the readers, but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's actually a little harder than I thought just because I am writing them kind of in two different voices and they're two different like tropes entirely. So, or like themes, you know, so I'm really trying to, to have a different voice in each series. So that's good because they're so different that you can kind of, it's easy to like different, rewind. Uh, It's easy to like diffy. I can't even say the word. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try it to break it up in your head between these characters and these characters, because they're so different. And that's the only way that I can work. with multiple like work in progresses at one time like I could never write two books in the same series like at the same time I could never do anything like that but I could write like you know if I was writing one that was like a dark romance and this one was like a yeah it's a love I could do something like that but right now my brain just doesn't allow allow for that (laughs) at the moment yeah yeah it's 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 I don't know if I would probably consider doing this again but hey we're here here now this is 2020 guys anything's (laughs) flying anything's going (laughs) so you mentioned tropes this is our favorite segment of the podcast is tropes because stevie over here is like a trope queen okay (laughs) i did not even know some of these tropes existed until i met her because i've read like the like you know like the like I wouldn't say normal but I read like the most popular ones I guess you know like your brother's best friend and everybody you know that kind of thing but Stevie's like oh there's all kinds we got all kinds and she's like hit me with all these there are military there are first responder tropes I mean I just can't even deal with you not a dig (laughs) yeah but as a reviewer though when you're a reviewer you learn all the tropes because Mm -hmm. 90% of the time the signups include the tropes I don't even know what my trope is half the time. (laughs) I get so far into a book and I'm like, they're like my, my PR, like my editor or whatever. Cause they're, you know, they're doing like signups and whatnot are like, uh, you know, like what's the trope we need to tag it, whatever. And I'm like, uh, well, there's a lot of things going on at the moment. I'm not sure what to call it. Uh, but okay. So you've written a lot of tropes, but what is your favorite one to write and your favorite one to read and why? Um, okay. So my favorite one to write, um, has, has recently really become like the, the small town kind of relatable, like really emotional kind of a little alpha, but like mountain manny broody damage. Yes. Um, yes. So, and that has become, that's after because I, I moved to Colorado. I live in Denver. Um, and I'm originally from just Chicago. Visited. I just visited there. Oh, really? That's yes, cool. it was fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah, so I, yeah, I moved here in 2017 from Chicago. I'm mid, uh, Illinois, born and raised. So moving out here, I just got so inspired to write small town. I never thought I would write small town. And that has become my absolute favorite is just that kind of, I feel like it's so relatable, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, I get, for some reason when I'm writing, I get so sucked into the emotional side of these small town stories. Yes. Um, so, you know, that has, that has definitely become my favorite. Um, and my favorite to read is probably still enemies to lovers. Um, and that kind of like, I want to say like off limits, you know, it could be that it's someone's best friend, someone's brother, someone's boss, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I love that. And you know what? Okay. One that I like to read, but I feel like it can be a little bit taboo and I've never written anything. Oh, snap. I'm ready for it. Hit me with it. I know. And it's not even that taboo. Like I'm like, <laughs> I love 
I love like, the professor. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. You that know, and I've, I've always thought about that, like the college professor, you know, the tweed jacket and all that kind of stuff. I'm just like such a sucker, probably because like we're authors, we love literature and romance. I mean, come on. And so I feel like that would just be such a great, um, that I love. And I actually had someone, um, emailed me one time and she was a professor and she told me how those books make her sick to her stomach. And I, ever since then, I was like, oh boy, I'm scared to ever write one, but I love Oh my goodness. Oh my God. If you, if you like that kind of stuff and you know, like you like literature, my favorite, and I'm not even a huge like teacher professor thing or whatever. I'm not even like huge into that trope, but Unrequited by Saffron Kent is literally the go-to teacher professor angsty rip your heart out step on it (laughs) and then pull it back together it's so good and if you like stuff like that I think that you would like it so to not to recommend that I will Um, check that one out if you have you found that your favorite like reading tropes or even genres have you found like the ones that you enjoy to read are different from what you write or similar or like correspond or that kind of thing um (sighs) I feel like they, they are pretty common. Like they're, they pretty much go hand in hand. I love, I do love the office billionaire, that kind of, mm-hmm. um, that kind of those themes. I love the romantic comedy and then the small town for sure in romance. Now I also am a huge fan of psychological thrillers and mysteries, which obviously is completely different from what I write. Ooh, so same. I'm usually, yeah. Yeah. So I'm always, you know, reading several books that have nothing to do with uh, what I'm writing or what I publish, but, um, but yeah, I, I feel like they, they pretty much go hand in hand. I know there's like some that I've never read. I've never read anything too dark. Um, I've never read, I have read like some biker romances, which mm-hmm. I was like having a sons of anarchy moment. Okay. Ah, Jax Teller, right? Jax Teller. So, right. So, you know, love me a good bad boy on a bike. Um, but I have never read anything too dark in regards to like mafia romance or anything like that. I've always been intrigued. I don't know why I haven't. Ooh, girl, you um, need to go down that rabbit hole. I know. I know. That's the whole nother genre that I'm like, yes, I need to jump in there because I don't write anything. I feel like close to that, mm-hmm. but I feel like I would like it. You know, I don't fantastic place to be. I love that kind of stuff. Like anything that's (laughs) like angsty or like, it doesn't even like, I I had this conversation with somebody the other day. I'm the complete opposite of insta love. Like if you read my, you're not looking for insta love when you read my books. Okay. It's just not what's happening. I'm the complete, definitely not instant love. I am the complete opposite of that. I think anything that I read that really kind of like makes me cry is like, I'm going to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely dabble in like the dark romance, like that reading that stuff. Oh God, it's insane. It's insane. I love it all. You know, I feel like as, I don't know if that makes me feel good that you say that because I feel like as an author, I'm like, maybe it's the creative, but I like wallow in pain. Right. Because I love to make myself cry. Right. I think it's just the empathetic parts of us. Like I really genuinely believe that all authors in some shape or form are like empathetic to everybody. Hmm. That's how that we can create the characters that we do is because we, we are so empathetic to everybody else's feelings and so like it's, when we read other books and we cry. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the book. And it's like, I can lose myself. Like I, I crack myself up because sometimes I will like have to step away because I'm making myself cry when I'm writing. And I'm like, girl. That was her today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it, you know, like, you know what it is, is I, I really, really, really try to put myself in the position of, of the character because in my mind, I always thought, I don't know why, but I've always thought growing up, which there are bigger things in life, but still the thought of being totally incandescently in love with someone who does not love you back the same way would just be the most soul crushing. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. And I put myself in that position when I sometimes write these, you know, that's why I love the small town. I feel like I've, the series I'm writing now, I feel like it's, it's, it's more of a slow burn really angsty, emotional, mm-hmm. just because I really want people to see. And that's what I started writing. I wrote like the last three chapters of the book before I even wrote the beginning, because I, in my head, I was like crying in my shower with my shampoo yeah. <laughs> as I'm like writing this in my head. And I'm like, Oh my God. And then she does this. And I was like, man, people would think I'm crazy right now if they can see me, but <laughs> I think <the> process. <laughs> it's fine. The process is great. I mean, that's currently what I'm writing right now. I'm writing a very 
unrequited love kind of thing is going on in the books I'm writing right now and it is just like like I cried this morning like when I was writing I just and I was like emotional for no reason I was like nothing sad is even happening (laughs) I I know what I'm about to put these people through right and it's like, they're like my children. They're like these things that I have created in my head. They're like my little babies. And I know mm-hmm. that I'm about to put them through literal hellfire. And right? it's going to be like, oh, I'm crying for your souls. That's what I'm You're doing. like, listen, girl, it, you're, trust me. It's going to get better in chapter 14. Just yes, give me just hand. trust yeah, me. I'm going to get yeah. you there. Well, so you know, I, I saw an interview with Stephen King. Right, yes. exactly. <laughs> um, you you know, I used to think like being a writer would be like the most fulfilling job ever. And it really is. But at the same time, I remember seeing an interview with Stephen King talking about how it also was a super low. I love friend. Stephen King. Why are you my best friend? <laughs> um, and he was saying how being an author is such a solitary and often like lonely life because you get so invested in these characters. And then it's like, you never see them again because mm-hmm. you, their story is over. And you're like, yes, I know I can go read my own book, but it's, you get, I, I just want sometimes their stories to just go on and on. And, and it's, it can get really lonely, you know, especially when yeah. I, I'm just like, I need a moment because I just wrote some really sad uh, prose right now, you know? <laughs> You know, I hate to see him go. I think I'm pretty sure I watched the same. I'm pretty sure I watched the same interview that you did. And he was talking and I know exactly what character he was talking about. He was talking about, um, uh, what's her name from his Mr. Mercedes series, the girl. Oh no, her name. It was literally in my brain and then it left. There's a girl in his series that, uh, she's like a detective and I forgot freaking name. And I'll remember it in a second when we get on oh. this podcast. Hey, ma'am. Um, it's, it's like three books. It's my favorite series he's ever wrote. It's Miss yes. Mercedes. And then you have, you know, like the other three, Finders Keepers and all that good jazz and Ender's Game. And so like, or how, I can't remember the last one. But anywho, so he has a female character in there and he just released a short story called um, uh, When It Bleeds. And she's in one of those short stories. And he says, he talks about how she was just one of those characters that I really felt like I could never let go of, like I didn't mm-hmm. want to let go of and I could not say goodbye to. And it's like, I want to literally write her every single time I get the chance to. And I was like, I feel that on a spiritual level. See yeah, 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 yeah. You don't know who I am, but I feel that. We've talked about that before about how many authors actually go back to a series. Mm-hmm. Heidi McLaughlin's done it with her Forever My um, Girl series and wrote the kids out as adults. Mm-hmm. And then- who else did Nikki Ash went back and is doing it a third time and doing the grandkids M Robinson does it too like I mean that's that's a lot of effort to go back but that means that you don't want to leave them right I'm, I'm doing something similar with um so the Slade brothers I wrote you know them and it. it's my TBR <laughs> they, you know, I wrote, you know, there's, there's, there's five brothers and I kept getting people saying, please tell me that like, we're going to get more. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's only five brothers. It's called the Slade brothers. I want to, want it to be more. So I, I ended up over kids. So they do. Okay. So this is where my, this is how things are progressing right now. So, um, you know, and I know the readers are going to be really excited about this because I've gotten a lot of questions about it. So during quarantine, you know, I was like, I obviously had even more time to do nothing. Mm-hmm. So I decided I wanted to write little novellas for my readers for free. I just would write them and send them to them for free to download. Mm-hmm. And I didn't publish any of them. And they, they're a small town series and they're based here in Colorado. And so I actually ended up put, putting them into a box set and that's going to be coming out next month as well. It's called the Grand Lake Colorado series. And um, in that, yeah, so that series, you, you, you meet a bunch of new characters. And then I decided what I really want to do is I'm going to write a new series that actually combines the Slade brothers and the Grand Lake novellas. So you'll see all the characters popping in. And then I've been tempted to turn the Slade brothers, like, like a series where it's all about their kids, like in the, because I feel there's like, I love next gen. Yeah. There are a lot of kids that came out of those five brothers. (laughs) I love next gen. I have never done that. Play and autumn are had, he adopted one and then they had one together so there could Don't be spoil it for me yeah i so. that <laughs> i under it, it literally in there says that it's a secret baby oh oh <laughs> no you and this secret baby trope 
<laughs> I like surprise babies. I like when they pop Jeez. up. That, you want a good surprise baby series, the Maker Mine one, there's all almost all the books except one are all secret. Or yeah. <laughs> See, I think the series I'm working on now is going to have two next generation books and that's it. That's we're done. No more. <laughs> and so uh, the, the biggest issue that I have with that, and I think it's what a lot of authors have is a lot of my, uh, I guess the drama and like angst and pain comes from how these characters have been raised. Right. So I can't do that with next gen because the next gen's parents are characters that people love. Right. So I can't make them the bad guys. And so it's really just kind of like trying to create some type of chaos between the two of them. And it's super difficult on the brain. Um, What is one trope that you will never, not ever, ever, ever dabble in? Mm. Oh boy. Um, Writing. writing writing um honestly I would probably never do anything that is like stepbrother or like Mm -hmm. stepdad um I it's reaching out of the taboo realm for you yeah it's (laughs) to be honest it's probably anything too I guess like taboo um yeah that that would probably be it like I I definitely am open to pretty much anything else I you know what I should say too if we didn't do a taboo a a a non-taboo one that I, for some reason, it just, which I know is huge is young adult. I just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do anything high school. Yeah. I, that just doesn't, um, my don't, na- my brain doesn't naturally go there. Um, I've definitely done young adult, like fresh out of college or like in college. And we, we, my, my Christmas book, mm-hmm. my first, this is my first ever holiday book. I've never written one. And, um, it actually dropped today, the 23rd that we're recording this. Um, it's called naughty or nice and it's just a fun, but you see, like you flash back to their childhood a lot. And I've never done that before, but it's still not a young adult book. Like this is not, um, you know, something that a 17 year old girl should read probably, you know, it's a little too steamy in my opinion, whatever you can do what you want. But you know, I just, I don't typically, I I don't write for that audience. So yeah. And that's understandable. You're going to, you're going to write for the audience that you, you know, you have and what you work with. And that's just, how work, right yeah up. um so our last question which is what we i normally ask like everybody that's on here is like a way to tie it all in together or whatever um is there one trope that you haven't wrote yet that we will see from you in the future that you have like a secret one or like a one that's been brewing that you want to and it's completely different um completely different so um I don't know. So I, I, um, the one I'm, one of the series that I'm writing right now that I feel like is not completely different because I've definitely touched on alpha, but I have a series that I'm writing right now where it's like, it's like died in the wool alpha. Like it is <laughs> like, you know, these guys are assholes. Let's be real. All right. You know, they're telling people how it is and, I'm but right. It's like, it's like, a Jason Statham type character, you know, that's just like, does what he wants and he's damaged and he's just like, screw love and all this stuff. So I'm, I'm working on that. And that, that one's been really fun. I've written the first one. Um, but something that I've never done a trope that I've never done that I probably won't do to be honest, just because it's so different, but I've always dreamt of doing as a vampire. Let's be real. Who doesn't like vampires? Oh, yes. But, you know, I, I won't publish it just because it's, I might do something for fun and get, and just give it to my readers, but I, it obviously is not in line with what I write at all, but. Um, you just throw a curveball in Halloween, just like, hey, right. Go. This could be like a fun, <laughs> I know that's what I should do, but, um, but yeah, like I, I've definitely considered, you know what one I actually haven't done that I would love to do? My sister is a nurse um, and she's always like, write a medical romance. And I've never watched like Grey's Anatomy, but- Oh my God, girl. I know. Girl. I, I watched you ER <laughs> back in the day. No, you need oh, okay. to watch See, I have it. ER on all the, I have the entire series on DVD. Really? I, I mean, I grew up in that era, like- George Clooney was, was my first love. So <laughs> it was Grey's my Anat- Okay, listen, Grey's Anatomy, Derek Shepard will be no, your new no. love. As much as I love Grey's Anatomy, ER is the original Grace. Like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> you know what though? I've been told by like my best friends, and everyone's like, you have to watch it. So, I mean, listen, we're not leaving quarantine anytime soon. <laughs> right, so. right. We the winter is coming here. I need something to watch. So, I would be great. We're getting ready yeah. to go back on full lockdown again. So, 
Oh, wow. Oh, goodness. Because we're in Maryland and Maryland spiked up again. I think triple the numbers that it was in the beginning. Uh, oh, no. Hashtag so we're, COVID. ready to shut the state down again. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, we're, we're pretty <laughs> high. Learning. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be, uh, I, you know, not that I really ever leave my house anyway, because uh, hashtag author life. <laughs> right? But- ramen today and I was like yep this is it this is the life I chose (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, so but you know I the medical romance I I thought about would be something so much like so so fun I love I see those where it's like you know oops the doctor that's delivering my baby is also my baby's dad you know like I love it I'm a sucker for it so I'm like I think that that would be a great a great like trope thing that I would totally love to write because I would just have my sister fact check my medical knowledge. If you, if you ever decide you want to, and you need some inspiration and you don't feel like watching Grey's Anatomy, look up Dr. Mike on YouTube. And oh my goodness. I follow him. <laughs> is he? Okay. Literally. Okay. Yeah. Okay, freak out for just a second. Um, his YouTube is my jam. And literally when I started watching his videos, I was like, yep, this is gonna, I don't even want to write a doctor romance, but I'm going to write one about you, Dr. Mike. Yep. Yes, I am. Because you should, and then dedicated to the it. Doctors, has anybody ever watched the show The Doctors? Yes. I'm obsessed with um the ER Dr. Travis. Star yeah, Star. he's hot too. He's a dish. Yes. No, I could never dedicate anything to him because what he would do is somebody would tell him and there was some in some weird universe he'd find out and read it on his YouTube. That's what I'm telling. That's what I was going to say was you send him a copy of the book and say, oh. Mike, you inspired Dr. Mike. You inspired no, this. I have a fever, Dr. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> you know, okay. You, so this is a t- t- really, really funny, quick anecdote. I So in the, the alpha series that I'm writing, mm-hmm. um, this is so weird and I will not do it, but um, I was watching one of those prison shows as one does, you know. Is it uh, like we got a specific? Days are we talking like Orange is the New Black, Wentworth? No, no, no. This is Beyond is like a, this is like Dateline, like locked up raw. Like this oh, is real. Okay, all right. so I like. I, I love. <laughs> yes, I have not watched that yet, but I've heard good things. So I love true crime, and I, I get sucked into these. We'll just have locked up raw on like for nineteen hours in a row. So um, there was a guy. He was a. Uh, his name was. James Maxwell and he goes by Jimmy Maxwell and his he literally inspired this entire alpha series because he's not not he's a you know he's a terrible criminal um because he's gotten caught so many times and he's he's in prison for, for he's in prison now for like ever but his demeanor and everything like everybody knew him in the prison all the guards everyone's like Jimmy good to see you back buddy and just he had this charisma he was super good looking and i just thought it his he looked like a character that I would write a book about and so I was like I want this alpha guy I was like his name's gonna be Jimmy Maxwell and then I jokingly told my sister I was like how funny would it be if I like sent him a copy of the book but I was like (gasps) I don't (laughs) you have to wait what is the name of this tv show because I want to I want to watch it now it's called locked up raw and it's just like inside of like in different prisons around the country girl if you do publish it I'll send him it. <laughs> Jimmy, thanks for the inspiration. <laughs> Enjoy reading this. And it makes me wonder how many people have done that. Right? But here's that's, but that's what's so crazy about inspiration. I swear, people ask me, like, where do you get your inspiration from? And I'm, like, embarrassed to tell them because that's the kind of stuff that, that happens. Like, that comes out in my head where I'm just, like, this guy would make a wonderful character. I'm not going to make him uh, in prison. But, you know, I did do a series of guys that were ex-cons. And um, I, I, that's a trope I love too. Like just the, the bad boys. boys. I actually, yep. I had that same issue <laughs> uh, when I was writing. I just, my newest book that just came out. Uh, I actually, at the end of it, in my little acknowledgements or whatever, I told people where I got the inspiration for those two characters. And it was in a Starbucks. I was working. I, I kid you not. I swear to God, I cannot make this up. I was in a Starbucks and I was working on a school project. I was just, you know, you know, chilling, whatever, having a little coffee. And I like happened to like glance up and like stretch. And there was the most gorgeous man I have ever seen in my entire life. And he had on like a beanie that you just knew was just covering up like mountains of like luscious locks of hair. And he was tattooed <laughs> and he was hot and he was reading John Green. He was reading John Green looking for Alaska. Oh, wow. And I said, yep, 
that's you right there. I'm going to write a character about you. And in my head, I built this guy who was just this like, oh, like aloof, scary, badass man who read literature and was just looking for his Alaska, like his whole life, right? Cut to the part where I look right. And there's this chick who has like blue hair and she has on these really huge headphones and she has piercings everywhere. She's super badass. And I was like, yep, there it is. There it is. There's my uh I've my made it. MCs. And right? I wrote and I wrote two main characters and that was exactly how Charlotte and Malachi came out. And Malachi's this big aloof like crazy badass quiet book reader and Charlotte is this violin prodigy with blue hair and tattoos and piercings. And I was like That's Thank amazing. you people at Starbucks. That's wonderful. And I like that <laughs> name Malachi. That's a great like strong alpha character name. He's Russian. He's Russian. Uh, you should give it a read. Better. He's great. I should. It, yeah. And that's the thing is I feel like you, know, you can, that's people, I get that question. I'm like, Oh, what, you know, where do you get inspiration or whatever? And I'm just like, honestly, just I, I be open to it. Cause you can literally look around and, and come up with anything. You know, that's the cool thing about, that's the cool thing I like about romances. You can make up anything. It doesn't, doesn't have to it, it can be so fantastical and unbelievable because that's what people want and expect you know yeah. it can be grounded in reality for sure but there can just be you know you can make these characters just whatever you want them to be and I think that that's that's just fantastic it does make it hard to say goodbye to them though <laughs> yes but, but thank you so much for joining us on this podcast we've had such a good time and it's been so great talking to you and thank you yeah. No, thank you guys. Honestly, this is, I was so nervous, but excited at the same time. So it's an honor. I really appreciate it. So um, yeah, it's been wonderful.